speaking on spiritual adoption, uh, which I've had such a lovely time looking at, even though it's quite a simple truth. Uh, I've just had a really good time. So I hope this morning that if you're not a Christian, that um, hearing some of the stuff I've got to say is going to really want you to move towards Jesus. And if you are a Christian, even though it is quite a, a simple truth, um, it needs to go really, really deep. So I just really pray that it will go deeper this morning uh, and maybe check your thinking about it. And obviously what we always wanted to lead to is to worship. So I've got one of these... Okay, so I can't use this then. No. <laughs> <laughs> it did look right. Love and the power. Right, okay, thank you, Dimitri. That's fine, thank you. That's all right. Okay, so our relationship, um, there's kind of like a truth running throughout the Bible is that God is our Father. And the verses are, well, there's loads of them. There were loads more, but I didn't want to write them all down. You wouldn't have the chance. So we are described as his people. In Deuteronomy 26, 18 and 27, 9, we're called by the name of the Lord, all sorts of verses there, et al, of being flashy, Latin for, and others. Uh, he's our father. We are his sons. Loads more verses there. And we are his children. Again, just a few of those verses there. So that's it in the Old Testament. We have this special relationship where God is our Father. Uh, next slide, please, Dimitri. In the New Testament, we're also described as his sons and daughters, and God being like a father. But I want to particularly look at these two verses, which are um, written by Paul, and Galatians 4, 4-7, and Romans 8, 14-16. So Galatians says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir. You are an heir through God. Amen. And then Romans 8, 14 to 16. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the first thing I wanted to bring out about these verses is that God is the enabler, um, the initiator, and Holy Spirit is the enabler and mover. So God's plan always was to restore that relationship between us and him that we broke through our sin. And when we think about sin, I always particularly think about our desire to control our lives without him. And I think that's quite a big deal these days when we've got control over so much Amen. of our lives, haven't we? Um, that actually to give up that control and acknowledge God in our Amen. life it is a really big thing. Amen. And that's, I think, is the root of all sin. I was ignoring... Um, his commands and his wisdom and his love and our choice to go our own way. And that leads to the re re breaking of relationship with God. So in the Galatians verse, it's saying that God sent himself in flesh form onto earth. And what blows my mind is that this almighty, all-powerful God limited himself to become flesh, to make himself under the same laws as we are, you know, that we will die.
die, that we will get sick, that we feel pain, and also to put himself under human government, that he'd have to be ruled and his family would have to pay taxes and all those kind of things. I mean, this is God, isn't it? <laughs> and he chose that. He chose to make himself like us, just mere humans. And as you know, he was executed on the cross for our collective sin. But that amazing plan in itself, just by itself, does not save us because we have a part to play. We have a choice to make. But what is amazing is that choice isn't made by us just by ourselves. It's again a work of God. So it's God's plan to begin with, and then God sends Holy Spirit. As Tim said last week, Holy Spirit is, is God with us. You know, Jesus is up in heaven, God is in the heavens, but Holy Spirit is with us. And it is he who awakens our hearts and enables us to say, Abba, Father. And it is he who, when we have said, Abba, Father, when we say, Daddy, Father, it's Holy Spirit at that point makes that adoption sealed. And then he comes again to reassure us. That's echoed in Romans and concluded by that truth, that Holy Spirit comes after we've said yes, to then confirm to our hearts but yes, that is true, and it is true for always. Mm. It's such a wonderful, awe-inspiring yeah. thing, isn't it, that we don't do it, God does it, Amen. and we're just a little part of it. Amen. Uh, next slide, please, Dimitri. <laughs> June's lovely. So the first, about why it's important about God initiating, Hebrews 12.2, that we need to look only at Jesus, who's the originator and perfecter of our faith. So what I love about when you read the Bible, it isn't just one thing that we could disagree with, it echoes and echoes and echoes Amen. throughout the Bible. Amen. And it's true here that God is the beginning bit of our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And it's really important that we grasp, and I guess lots of you know that, that God is the author of our faith. We have our part to play, but if it was all down to us, then it would be self-control, it would be control again, wouldn't Amen. it? It would be that scourge of control that, you know, that we've made a choice. And I don't know about you, but I'm a fickle sort of person who changes my mind. And if it was just down to me, then I'd worry that had I really made that choice and you know on a bad day then maybe I hadn't made that choice but because it's all down to God then we have that utter assurance and conversely if we made the choice and we feel that we're, we're, we've got it and we've always got it then then we could say to ourselves if it was just to us didn't we do a good job you made a really good decision there well done us. well we can't and this is what the other two verses are boast Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 1, 28-31, God chose what is low and despised in the world, that's us, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Amen. And actually that's my testimony. I was saved, I was saved when I was 18. Uh, when I went to a church and I just sat in this church, they didn't really preach the gospel, so I didn't really know what it was I was responding to. But Holy Spirit warmed my heart in that dead little church. Well, not dead, because it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in a very 
very, very formal uh, village church, I felt God move. Amen. And actually, he'd moved before then. He'd moved when I was about eight or nine. Yeah. And I don't know about, I don't, they don't do it anymore. They used to give out little Gideon Bibles. And at the back, there were little verses that you could read if you were down or lonely. And my childhood was painful at times and lonely at times, like you know, many of ours. And I remember reading the back of the verses at the back of this Gideon Bible and the Holy Spirit comforting me then. And he continued to comfort me every now and again. And it was Holy Spirit then who, when I was 18, and I realized it was a bit of a one-sided relationship where I just got stuff from God, prompted me to go to this church. And so it's Holy Spirit who prompts us and moves us every time. And when we say yes to God, what does it achieve? It achieves adoption. Next slide, please, Dimitri. Adoption is legally taking another's child and bringing it up as one's own. Now, in our society, I, I think really adoption is sort of like a second option, isn't it? It's your backup plan when you can't have children. Actually, we have a niece and a nephew-in-law who, who have chosen to adopt, us, adopt as a first plan. Um, they, as far as we are aware, if you don't ask these questions, could have had children. They're still young, they're kind of in their mid-twenties. But they have chosen to adopt as plan A, yeah. because that's what they feel their calling from God is. In the Old Testament, um, actually, Mo uh, Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, wasn't he? And Esther was adopted by Mordecai. But actually, it's, it's not really a, a Jewish thing, because apparently when the head of the household, the man died, his brother just automatically became the head of that household. So they didn't really need to talk about adoption. It was just assumed that the, you know, the brother or the, uh, the male in the family would just take over. So when Paul talks about adoption, he's not really thinking about a Jewish idea. He's thinking about a Roman idea. And that was radically different to our idea, um, to the... Jewish idea of adoption and also to our idea and I've ha had a really lovely time looking at it because it really opened up to me what uh, Paul meant by adoption and, and what spiritual adoption is for us. Because in Roman times apparently they could disown their own children, their own biolog biological children they were allowed to disown but they were allowed to adopt and when they freely chose um, a child to adopt, they, that child became a permanent part of their family and they couldn't disown that child. So they couldn't disown the adopted child, even they could, adopt, um, they could disown a biological child. So that makes um, you know, it quite radically different to our idea maybe sometimes of adoption being a plan B. You know, and doesn't it give us an idea also then about God's being a plan A, choosing to adopt us? So in Roman times, adoption, the adopted child received a new identity and any prior commitment, so you know, if they were adopted into adult life, which some key people were, I think Caesar Augustus or somebody was adopted, so it, it was done at quite a high level. Any prior commitments, any responsibilities or any debts that that person had before they were adopted were completely done away with and cancelled. So that should ring some bells for us, doesn't it? You know, that anything that was previously held us is no longer true anymore because we are new in Christ. The adoptee then given new rights and new responsibilities. 
and also the inheritance that they were going to have when their adoptive parent died was conferred, was put onto them in life, so that the adopted child was considered, considered to inherit there and then, and were considered to be sharers in the wealth and everything that that family had from that point onwards. Which again, is, is you can see why Paul chose that, because isn't that true of us as well? That we are co-heirs. So adoption is a big deal, and it's not God's plan B. It confers on us permanent relationship with God because it depends on the death of Jesus and movement of Holy Spirit, not because of anything that we've done. It means that we inherit eternal life when we die, but also his riches are available in this life. And this is what we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks with regards to Holy Spirit, all these riches and things. And the moment we say yes to him, they are put on us. And we can access his power, his guidance, Amen. protection, provision, Amen. so much stuff. Um, so why did Paul sort of bang on about actually what is quite a simple sort of concept really and the, the verses I particularly wanted to draw your attention to verse 7 of Galatians 4 7 so you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir through God and in Romans eight fifteen, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear so if we don't grasp this idea of adoption, then it's possible then instead, rather than to have that security, to, to feel fear and to feel like a slave. And I was thinking about this, thinking, why like a slave? Well, maybe it's because slaves don't have any rights, do they? Whereas we do in God. They don't have any safety. You know, they can be beaten or hurt at any time. We have safety. They don't really have any guarantee of provision. You know, they can be sacked at a moment's notice. They can have food withheld or not even provided. We have a God who lovingly provides, don't we? And ultimately, deep down, slaves just don't have any peace. And if we don't have peace, then we really need to come to God because that is not for us Christian, is it? We, we have peace. We can have peace. Slaves have every reason to fear any minute of the day, and we don't. So fear, I think, is a common feeling and common in Paul's time, otherwise he wouldn't have mentioned it. But it's not something we have to live with. Actually, fear, if we feel it, it is as accepting a lie. You know, if we're feeling scared or if you're feeling worried or you lack peace or you're feeling lonely, we need to come to God. We need to be woken again by Holy Spirit to feel his truth. When um, I married Tim, uh, I'd been a Christian for a few years, but um, I, I started having all these dreams that he was going to leave me. And it wasn't because we'd had an argument. <laughs> it wasn't because we'd had an argument. I couldn't put any, uh, I couldn't think of any reason why. And I realised that it was because I guess I, I must have accepted rejection deep down and I think sometimes we can do that we can build walls it's that control thing again isn't it that we build walls around us to protect ourselves and then it kind of gets tested by a relationship or stuff like that and we've got to think what is it that we really believe Amen. and so on a surface you can think yeah yeah I'm adopted thanks God but does it go really deep so that we feel peace Amen. so that we don't worry so that we don't carry our feelings of rejection 
into our relationships mm. and our friendships and our workplace. Mm. Uh, you can think, Holy Spirit, you know, as, as we've had such a lovely time this morning, you know, even now hoping that Holy Spirit's speaking to you, maybe pointing things that, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I need to talk to you about this. And so I'm, I'm going to pray mm. that you will know that you are forever chosen by God, mm. all time, never to be let go that you have a new identity that's mm. yours, mm. that's not your own, but actually is God. Mm. You've got God's DNA kind of stuff, don't know what that is, but it's the stuff, isn't it, that goes through and through us. That you're going to enjoy inheritance with him now mm. and forever. Mm. You can enjoy that inheritance right now. Mm. And if you're not a Christian, well, even just being here means Holy Spirit's moved you. Uh, and we pray that he's gonna move you even more. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just really thank you that you're here this morning. Thank you that you moved first. Amen. Thank you that you always move first. And you moved us to say, Daddy, Father, how much more can you move us now when we already have you as our Father and our Daddy? So we ask you to move us, that we might know your truths in a deeper, deeper way, that it will affect every part of our being wake up in the morning feeling hopeful mm. and positive for the future, mm. confident in our relationships, mm. confident that we are loved and chosen. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. And you'll touch every part of us, Lord, yes. and help us to worship, worship, mm. worship you, mm. our Heavenly Father, who has adopted.